Hello everyone, this is the Teaching Service Commission Radio Teaching Program in collaboration with the Ministry of Basic and Senior Secondary Education. My name is Elsie Mae Melanie Buckle and I am your radio teacher for Maths Lower Primary Grades 1 to 3. Maths lessons will be broadcast every Tuesday 10 to 11 a.m. And Friday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Today, we will continue and finish our week-long review of numbers from 1 to 10. Like each lesson, we'll do five activities. Our first activity will be a mindful moment to get our brains settled and ready to learn. Our second activity will be a number warm-up to practice our counting skills. Our third activity will be a number workout. Today, we will finish our review of notions on numbers from 1 to 10. Our fourth activity will be a brain break to rest and reset ourselves. Our fifth activity will be a surprise. We will conclude with some homework. For today's class, as usual, you need a notebook, a pencil, and your counters. If possible, take more than 10 counters. You can also draw dots on your paper if you do not have counters when you draw quantities from problems. If you have a partner that can sit with you and help you during the lesson, Please call him now. Don't worry if you don't have anyone. You will still be able to do all of the exercises. Please gather the materials you need. We have been given a few rules to follow in order to protect ourselves against the coronavirus. One is that we should wash our hands with soap and water for 20 seconds often in a day. We should wash the germs off our hands with soap and water before we eat, after we go to the bathroom, after we touch someone, or after we cough or sneeze. Another rule has the government given us now is that we should avoid large gatherings of people since we don't know who may have the coronavirus or not. This includes school, church, mosque, sporting events, and the market. If we need to go to the market, we should go quickly and not go with the entire family. Now, there is a new rule that we need to try to follow. Now the government is telling us to cover our mouth and nose with a clock any time we go out and we'll see other people. This will make sure that no coronavirus germs get into our nose or mouths. We can use any cloth that we have, but it has to be thick enough that germs cannot pass through easily. Do you understand? The government is telling us to wear something to cover our mouths and noses when we do need to go out and be around people. 
This will help prevent the coronavirus germ from getting inside of our bodies. Adults, are you hearing it? If you leave the house to go to the market, the government wants us all to wear something over our noses and mouths so we can protect ourselves from catching the coronavirus germ. This is another way of being a hero in the fight against coronavirus. Last time, I gave you a little bit of homework to do. I asked you to think about three people who can make up your safety network. A safety network are those people in your life who want to not only keep you safe, but who want to hear about the times when you might feel unsafe. These people are people you trust and who want to make sure you do not get hurt. They are people who want to make sure you stay healthy and happy. Did you think of three people? I thought of my Auntie Susan, my neighbor, Mrs. Kamara, and my father. At home, have you thought of three people for your safety network? I want you to turn to your special helper and tell them about your three people in your safety network. Special helper, I hope you also thought about who can be a part of your safety network. This is important for everyone to know. I am so happy to know you thought of three adults who you can trust and will talk to about difficult situations. Every day, we will start with a calming, mindful moment to get our brains ready to learn. When we are mindful, we are aware of our bodies, our feelings, and our thoughts in the present moment. Today, we will do a deep breathing exercise. Are you ready? First, I want you to sit up straight and close your eyes. We're going to take 10 deep breaths together. You could put your hand on your belly so you can feel your breath going in and out. You could put your hand on your heart to feel it beating. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. I will count for us while we breathe. Keep your eyes closed. Let's start. One, breathe in deeply through your nose and out through your mouth. Two, breathe in deeply through your nose and out through your mouth. Three, breathe in deeply through your nose and out through your mouth. Four, breathe in deeply through your nose and out through your mouth. Five, breathe in deeply through your nose and out through your mouth. Six, breathe in deeply through your nose and out through your mouth. Seven, breathe in deeply through your nose and out through your mouth. 
Eight, breathe in deeply through your nose and out through your mouth. Nine, breathe in deeply through your nose and out through your mouth. Ten, breathe in deeply through your nose and out through your mouth. Great. Do you feel calmer now than before? Let's get warmed up. We will warm up our body and brain at the same time with an activity called count and move. Today, we're going to start by doing some moves. Then, we will recite an addition table. Start by raising your right leg up 10 times. Ready? Here we go. Raise your leg 10 times. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Good. Now do the same with your left leg. The other one. Ready? Here we go. Raise your leg. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Good. Now do the same with your left leg. The other one. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, finally, you're going to do ten little jumps on the spot. Ready? Here we go. Jump. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Great. Now that your body is full of energy, we're going to practice mental arithmetic. Let's recite the addition table of four. Stopping when the result is 10. Let's do it once all together. 4 plus 0, 4. 4 plus 1, 5. 4 plus 2, 6. 4 plus 3, 7. 4 plus 4, 8. 4 plus 5, 9. 4 plus 6, 10. Great! You're good. Great job warming up your brain. Now we're going to start our number workout. Do you have your pencil and paper ready as well as your 10 counters? Okay, let's get started. Today, 
we will continue our revisions on numbers from 1 to 10 with a new problem. Here it is. Listen carefully. Lisa and Alex each want to buy two cookies. Each cookie costs them two coins. In total, they have ten coins. Do they have enough coins to buy the cookies? I repeat. Lisa and Alex each want to buy two cookies. Each cookie costs them two coins. In total, they have ten coins. Do they have enough coins to buy the cookies? I'll leave you to think about it and use the method you prefer. Make sure you have all of the statements in mind. First, how many people are there and what do they want to do? There are two people, Lisa and Alex, and they want to buy cookies. How many cookies do they want to buy each? We know that they both want two cookies each. We also know that each cookie costs two coins. What are we trying to find out? We want to know if they have enough money to buy them. Knowing that Alex and Lisa have 10 coins with them, now that you have all the elements in mind, Understanding correctly the statement is the first step to solving a problem. Come on, I'll give you a little more time to find the answer. I'll use my counters again. A counter represents a coin. I'll search how many coins they need in total to buy their cookies. And then I'll see if they have enough with their 10 coins. I'll separate the problem down into two parts to make it easier to solve. Each cookie costs two coins. So, 
I'll take two counters for each cookie. Alex wants two cookies. So, I'll take two counters and then two more counters. Do it at home too. Take two counters per cookie and put them on your sheet. Two counters and then two more counters for Alex's cookies. Then Lisa wants two cookies too. So I take two more counters and then two more counters. Do it at home too. Take two counters and then two more counters for Lisa's cookies. Now let's calculate the total number of counters we have. That way, we will know how many coins are needed to buy all of the cookies. Let's count all the counters we have taken and put on our sheet. Let's count out loud. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. So, they need eight coins to buy their cookies. I found the same answer, but this time using directly an operation. Each time, we need more money per cookie. So, I used an addition. As each cookie costs two coins, I added two for each cookie. For Alex's two cookies, that makes two plus two. Two plus two makes four. Indeed, if I count, it is one, two, then three, two plus two equals four. The same thing for Lisa. Since she also wants two cookies, she also needs four coins. Two coins plus two coins. Finally, we want the total of Alex and Lisa. So we make four plus four. Let's all count four plus four all together. Let's start from four. And let's add four. Here we go. Four, then five, six, seven, and eight. Like our first method, I think they need eight coins. Bravo! So, do they have enough money? I'll let you think about it a little more.
They need eight coins and they have ten coins with them. Ten is bigger than eight since ten comes next. I think they'll have enough money. How do you say ten is compared to eight? Ten is bigger than eight. Ten is said to be greater than eight. And how is eight compared to ten? Eight is less than ten. Eight is said to be smaller than ten. Good memory of the vocabulary we learned. Now, here's a bonus question. How much money will they have left after buying the cookies? I repeat, how much money will they have left after buying the cookies? They spent eight coins and they had ten coins before buying. We need to find out how much they have left. I'll let you think a little bit more. I'm going to use my counters again. I have eight counters on my sheet. Let's add more counters till we have 10 in total. The number of counters we add will be the number of coins they have left. The ones they do not use to buy their cookies. Let's try this. I have eight on my sheet. Let's add one. Now we have nine. Let's add one more. Now we have ten. I added two. I think they will have two extra coins at the end. Let's do it another way. Write down the equation. They have 10 coins and they spend 8. Spending makes me think about subtraction. Do you agree at home? Out of 10 coins, if they spend 8, you can use subtraction to find out what they have left. So, I wrote the subtraction 10 
minus 8. Do the same. 10 minus 8 on your paper. To calculate 10 minus 8, let's count backwards. We start from 10 and we subtract 8. 10, then 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, and 2. They'll have two coins left at the end. 10 minus 8 equals 2. Great. Write this result too. After writing 10 minus 8, write the equal sign and then the number 2. I repeat, after writing 10 minus 8, write the equal sign and then the number 2. Can you check this result? Using an addition. Let's see. Let's see if 2 plus 8 is really equal to 10. Let's start from 2 and add 8. 2, then 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. It works. 2 plus 8 equals 10. Good job. To conclude, they had 10 coins. They spent 8 coins to buy their cookies. And they have 2 coins left at the end. Do you agree? Great. Let's recap the way we solved it. To better succeed in solving a problem, what can you do? We can first check that we have understood the statement by drawing or writing down the important elements. Here it was the number of people, what they wanted to buy, and the price of the cookies. Then we can write down the equations or use our counters to calculate. At the end, we can also check our results by ourselves before asking if our answer is right. You have all the important elements in mind. The better you follow these three steps, the better you will succeed. One, understanding the statement, two, calculating, and three, checking your answers. Bravo for your efforts. You can be proud of you. Whew. You've been working so hard during our number workout. Let's give our brains a break. We're going to play a game called As If. All you need to play is your imagination. To play this game, I'll say a scenario 
and you will act as if the scenario was actually happening. You'll start acting when I say action and freeze when I clap a sound. Okay, let's try the first one. When I say action, act like you are a race car driver driving his car super fast. Remember, when you hear a clap sound, that is your signal to stop driving. Ready? Action. Next one. When I say action, pretend you are catching apples in a tree. Action. Last one, when I say action, pretend you are a big windmill turning because of a very strong wind. Ready? Action. Okay, wasn't it nice to move your body for a bit? I hope you will be able to pay attention in our next part, the continuation of our week's story tale. Indeed, it is now time for our story. I hope you are eager to hear the end of the story of Simon and Caroline. Can you remind me what happened yesterday? Simon tried again to jump off the cliff to get rid of his angles. He tried so many times that he ended up with five sides. Now, with five sides, he hopes that he will be able to roll and become a circle. He went back to the top of the hill as he did the first time to try rolling again. What's a good memory? I'm going to resume reading from where I was in our last lesson. Like last time, put yourselves in a comfortable position so you can understand what is going on. If you want, you can also draw at the same time. Great! It's working! Simon started to roll and quickly picked up speed. The more he rolled, the flatter his angles became to create extra smaller and smaller sides. He rolled and rolled again. He rolled around as his sides got smaller and smaller, more and more numerous. When he arrived at the top of the hill, his sides were so small that they had become dots. He now had so many sides and so many dots that he had become a circle. He was very happy. 
he was finally going to be able to become Caroline's friend. Simon, is that you? He suddenly heard. A girl's voice was calling him. He recognized it immediately. It was Caroline. His heart palpitated. It was the first time she had called him by his first name. What did she have to say to him? When she appeared, Simon was completely taken aback. Caroline had become a squire. All of the efforts he had made had finally been in vain. Caroline, but you're a squire. What's happened? Asked Simon with regret. When I saw you, she said, I wanted to become friends with you. Since you were a squire, I thought you wouldn't like to play with me. And you, Simon, what happened to you? Simon blushes. Me too. I wanted to become your friend and I wanted to change to please you. Stay as you are, she says. You too, Caroline. This is how Caroline and Simon returned to their original form. They liked each other much better that way. Simon could enter the palace every day, and they had wonderful moments playing together as good friends. It's the end of the adventures of Sime and Caroline. Tell me, how did Simon finally manage to become a circle? This time, thanks to his five sides, he managed to roll and the more he rolls, the more his angles fade away. At the end, he had no angles anymore, only points. He was really just a circle, all round. But what happened then? He found Caroline, but she has also changed. She became a squire to please him. What's their conclusion? That it's better to stay as rarely as we are to be happy. Bravo, you listened well. I hope you liked the story. This weekend, don't hesitate to imagine how Simon and Caroline managed to get back to their initial shape. Well, that's it for our lesson today. Great work growing your brain. It was fun. Let's correct the homework from the previous lesson. The question was to find two different quantities around you and say which one is the greater. I calculated the fruits in my kitchen. I had three bananas plus four bananas 
and two apples plus four apples. Three plus four, I found seven. It's three, then four, five, six, and seven. For four plus two, I found six. Four, then five, and six. So, I had seven bananas and six apples in my kitchen. The biggest between six and seven was seven. So, I had more bananas than apples. Seven is indeed greater than six. I hope you found similar examples at home. Come on, you've worked hard all week. I'll let you rest today. Meet again in our next lesson for our new module. We'll be discovering new numbers. Be there. Goodbye.